Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to The Brian Diaries, where our pals and I get together and talk about subjects dealing with our favorite tabletop role-playing setting, The World of Darkness. While we may not be subject matter experts on the game lines, we have a passion that has led us to create and share actual plays with you all. Eventually we thought, well shit, we might as well take a stab at a podcast, and here you go. Each episode, we will have a guest content creator to join us to talk about whatever subject is on the table. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the official heavy metal thunder of a podcast, The Brian Diaries. Man, I'm fucking glad to be back. What is up, a Dizzle Rizzle, a dog, Andrew, aka whatever nickname you guys want to give him? What is going on, Andrew? You know, I feel like every single time we record one of these, you are attempting to one up your previous recording on how much you can make people cringe. Don't blame me. Blame the fucking cold brew, man. I am fucking telling you it is because I am. Fu- I literally just slammed a cold brew like 15 minutes. Like, Andrew, for those of you who don't know, of course, we talk before we start recording. And sometimes Andrew's like, Chris, Chris, we could talk about this in the podcast. Like, oh, shit. OK, OK. And I got to get my head straight. So some of you guys have probably been wondering, like, where I've been. If you guys didn't see on our social media or whatever, I kind of like stepped back for a couple months. I had to like regain my composure, to be honest. I kind of got sent to cold brew rehab. It was kind of fucked up. You know, there was a lot of like holding hands and singing Kumbaya and, and like learning about like, uh, you know, normal coffee and, and tea and alternatives to cold brew. And it just, I don't know. I did like, what? I did like a 60 day stint in there, Andrew, about 60 days. And you learned moderation is key. The moderation is key. Definitely. But when I got out, like all 10, Twin Cities by Night gang members were standing outside, and Andrew was like John Cusack holding up a boombox that was blaring Black Sabbath, and they were all tossing me bottles of cold brew. I don't know. I wish I was as cool as John Cusack. Well, that you're tells cooler, you how bro. cool that tells you how cool I am because John Cusack is not cool at all. <laughs> There's someone right now who's like, no! I love what's that? Gross point blank. Yeah, but so I'm back to drinking slamming cold brew. You know, it's great to be back. Uh, we can talk about this later on, but for, for real, uh, it, it, I'm glad to be doing the Brian Divers again and back with you all. Before we kind of go into what we're going to be talking about today, a little history on the channel Twin Cities by Night and what we're going to be doing today. So back when we were just a YouTube channel, we had this idea of, and it was actually when like the first inkling of like maybe like branching out into podcasting first started happening. And I thought maybe we could do like a YouTube video called Shooting the Shit. And it was basically, I know, right? It's so fucking metal, that name. But it was basically where we would all get together and we talk about a subject and we just kind of give our ideas and it wasn't like bullet point or anything like that. We didn't have guests. We just talk about it. And I forgot how many of these we did. We did like four. I know one we did when we had to cancel a session at the last minute. But it was just kind of like something that started. And I would say eventually that maybe morphed into the Brian Diaries when we expanded the podcast. But I remember doing those was when I first started thinking it was like me wanting to be like being a podcast poser. But so we decided like some of the episodes of the Brian diaries, we're going to do that. You know, we're going to do something in the spirit of shooting the shit, but it's going to be the Brian diaries. And so today we are joined by two of the twin city, twin cities by night gang members. First, we're joined by Joaquin. What is up? Q dizzle. Q dizzle. 
Well, as far as as far as the many many nicknames I've had over the years, that one is definitely one I have not heard of before. How about Q Tip? You could be our Q Tip, like we're a tribe called Quest, and you could be Q Tip. How about that one? Is that okay? No. No. Not okay. Okay. How about Quinn? We'll just stick with Quinn. Is that good? That's fine. The king of one shots. The king of one shots. How about that? <laughs> All right. What's up, Quinn? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Surviving the holidays. Surviving life. I know, right? It's, it's a fucking miracle we survive. That's the Christmas miracle is that we always fucking survive these holidays, right? For those of you who don't know about Quinn, I'm not going to list all his credentials with the gang, but he's played in a bunch of games. He's ran some games. And lately, I would say Quinn is probably known for running a couple of one-shots for us. Uh, one was uh, Chronicles of Darkness Revelations, and the other one was Chronicles of Darkness Lover in the Ice, which was kind of like a modified version of, I believe, a Delta Green game. Correct. Yeah, you, so he's been kind of killing it on the one shots. We got some news about another one shot we'll be talking about later, but uh, he's here to join us to talk. And the next man, the man of many voices, I can't think of anything with the M or Mitch that sounds like Mitch Drizzle, M Drizzle. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, man? Not much. It's been a busy day. Busy, sort busy, of in the process day. of uh, hot tub repair at the moment. <laughs> hot tub so. repair while podcasting. That's some gangster yes. shit, man. Well, it, it's it's filling, and then we got to run it for a bit. So I'm at the house that I'm moving into next month. So with all that podcasting money, you're able to get a hot tub with cigars and champagne. And is it like a Puff Daddy video? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll have all the bling. Dang, dude! I gotta fly to. I gotta fly where you live. I'm not gonna say where you live in case. If I'm gonna fly where you live, I'm gonna hang out and fucking live that podcaster life. For those of you who don't know, and again, I'm not gonna list off all his fucking credentials here. But Mitch has played in a bunch of our games, and currently he is storytelling uh, the Demon the Fallen Fragments story. Actually, just wrapped up the final character creation session that was released this last week. Uh, so you keep guys' ears open for that. So. Welcome, you two, to Shooting the Shit. It's been a while since we've done one of these. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll be going to be talking about our theme for this week, which is going to be dealing with mature topics and themes in World of Darkness games, so stay tuned. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. All right, welcome back to the Brian Diary. So. To kind of start this discussion and start the uh, about the theme of dealing with mature themes and topics and World of Darkness games, you know, one common thing that we hear, meaning Twin Cities by Night, from people who listen to us is the fact that they like – one thing they like about us is that they like how we handle dealing with sensitive subjects and mature themes. And I think I'll start this off by saying that when, when originally, way back when we first started Twin Cities by Night – 
when I was running the game just for a few people, I was really nervous about that because I knew I kind of told the players and Quinn could probably attest to this. I told the players like, Hey, I'm thinking of running like a darker theme game, you know, that kind of deals with more serious and horror subjects. But, you know, I let that no- be known to them, but I felt once we got in the game that maybe I wasn't clear enough because I was a little worried, a little nervous, because for those of you who listen to the negligence story arc and no spoilers, but right away, it kind of starts off with the bang dealing with some, you know, a set of kind of like grisly murders and stuff like that. And, um, and I really wanted to tap into that. Now I feel when we first started twin cities by night, I've listened a couple of times back to that stuff that there were some themes in that first story arc that I probably could have handled maybe a little bit differently, you know, not that I'm saying I handled them wrong, but I think I have learned since then to, to how to handle them. I don't know for more horror impact, but not so in your face. So I guess the first thing I'm going to throw out on the table and any of you can answer first is when you guys are in a game that deals with sensitive subjects or when you are running games that deal with sensitive subjects, how do you prefer to handle those? Do you prefer to handle them more directly or do you feel like more handling more going around it? Because I've seen both kind of styles on our channel with different games that have been read that have been ran on our channel. So go ahead and uh, I'll let someone take it from here. Well, I know, for example, recently I did a one-shot called Lover in the Ice. And so for those of you who haven't listened, there is a bit of a, I guess you'd say, a sexual element to the horror in the thing. And so what, what I did was I, I didn't, like, go very, you know, in your face about it. I'd mention, like, because I, I was very, uh, I very, I did a lot of euphemisms around it or just, you know, reference, like, you know, it looks like it looks wet or just, you, I just don't go into specifics like that. Partly because I wasn't really comfortable going into like you know exactly what each body fluid was, where it came from, what it was doing there, type thing. And so, if like you know, if you're not, if you know, if you as a storyteller or a game player or a player, just like are not that comfortable, you know, dealing with you explicit, it's all right to you know, sort of just, you know, peek around as long as you get the general idea across. I feel it was funny too because I was listening to Lover in the Ice wait after you guys played it before we released it and before we, you know what I mean, edited it for a podcast and everything. And I was listening to it. And at first, it was really like, first of all, I enjoyed it, obviously. But like at first, I was kind of like, this is different because it was like, I knew what you were saying and you weren't saying it. You know what I mean? And just like the way that you were dancing around it, like Hitchcock used to dance around like in Psycho and Birds, you know what I mean? Just kind of like hinting at what was happening. It let your imagination really go to some dark places. And at first I was like wondering, I was wondering how people who regularly listen to our stuff was going to take it, right? Like I was waiting to start hearing some feedback about people, like about the, the element of it. And I think the person who summed it up most, the best was Josh Heath from Werewolf the Podcast and Higher Level Games. He was on our Discord. I don't know if you if you read that, Joaquin, but he was talking about Lover in the Ice and listening to it. And he was just like totally getting creeped the fuck out by it, dude. Just like totally revolted by it, man. And I'm like, and what's funny is because I'm sitting there reading his comments and I'm like, fuck, dude, it is having that effect on other people. Because if we just took like a transcript of what you said during that game, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't vulgar, really. You know what I mean? But the meaning behind those words and the way that you danced around, like the, especially the, the the violence of the pictures on the wall 
that for me was like, what is he talking about? And your mind starts going into like these spirals of like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And of course, Black Sabbath is playing and Cold Brew's game thrown down my throat. And I was like, whoa, you know, just like listening. And I realized by seeing how Josh was articulating and how that made him feel, that was fucking amazing. You know what I mean? To, to, to see that. I really liked how that was done. So kudos to you on that. So as as you can see from that, sometimes you know, not saying some sometimes leaving something to the imagination can be effective. So just because like you if you, you want to get into explicit explicit details about something doesn't mean you can still be effective. Yeah, I I definitely have learned that throughout our time as being a channel. You know, like I said, like I was listening to that first episode of Negligence a while ago, and I was like. Man, I could have done that differently. You know, now I'm not saying I did it wrong. You know what I mean? But now compared to how I handle things now to then, you know, like I feel that now I'm a little bit more subtle, but also I think I know too when to like kind of throw it and throw it up a little bit to ratchet it up to a 10 at the right moment. You just can't have it at a 10 all the time, you know, but there's one thing though. And I want to get cut to Andrew this because Andrew said this something about this a while ago that really like really opened my eyes. And, and actually I thought was Andrew's always quick to say this to people when they when they compliment us about how we handle mature subjects is the fact that we all have a general consensus of understanding of how we play our games on Twin Cities by Night. I mean, we've been a gang for what, in March? It's going to be three years, right? And if people weren't a gang the whole time, they listened to our stuff before and they know how we handle mature subjects. So we are all on the same wavelength of what can come across in one of these games. Now, Andrew you made a good point before saying that you, that is something that you absolutely is imperative that you have in a group. If you try to tackle that, right? Yeah. One of the things that I always try to tell people when they ask for advice on like gaming is that's like the first thing I always mention is that you need to have, you need to, you need to communicate, you know, your group has to be able to talk to each other and under and truly understand, not just tell like, Oh, this is what I want. Cause sometimes people aren't really that great at communicating what they really want. And you have to have the ability to recognize when like the things that you enjoy in a game and be able to like, whenever, whenever something happens that you don't enjoy, be able to communicate that without people like, you know, getting upset or, or some people thinking, you know, um, you're being too sensitive or anything like that. You have to have a comfortable understanding with each other and with the content you're get, you're getting into and everybody on the same page for whatever it is you're doing. Because when it comes to gaming, you're not there to you're not there to do anything except have fun. And if you're making yourself uncomfortable or someone else uncomfortable, you're not accomplishing that goal. You are instead just being an asshole. Yeah, that, that's very well. You know, like we for for anyone who listens to us, and I want to put this out there right now, anyone who listens to us, while we do deal with mature subjects and sensitive subjects, we will never fault anyone if they don't want that in the game. We will never fault anyone if they don't want to listen to us because of that. You know what I mean? I will yeah. never insult anyone. I will never say <laughs> someone is not a real World of Darkness fan if they don't like our stuff. I will, matter of fact, respect that. And you know what? We have had people who like some of our stories who actually didn't want to listen to Wars on Fire because they felt Wars on Fire was a little too intense. You know what I mean? And I respect that. And I will never sit there and fault anyone for that because I think it is asinine and childish, matter of fact, to throw that in someone's face if they don't want the same expectations of a game than you do. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it drives me nuts when I hear people do that. Like, oh, are you, are you, you know, you know, I, don't, I can't think of an insult. You know what I mean? But are you too sensitive to deal with this in my story? Like, well, maybe I am. Maybe I don't want to deal with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Just say good luck and I'll find another game to play in, you know? But so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute here. 
to some extent, I think that being uncomfortable with some of the material in a game can actually be a good thing because it challenges a, the player and b the listener to explore or confront things that they may otherwise not have considered or dealt with personally. And to some extent, gaming is an opportunity to do just that. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think that comes to the agreement between the players and the storyteller, like how far are you willing to explore. And I think case in point, it's, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up to you was Wars, Wars on Fire. There's some scenes in Wars on Fire, and I don't know if you guys remember while it was being played, where Alex was playing Coyote, Coyote the, the, the Ravenous Antitribute, and there were some scenes where he's like, I got to stop you can cut to another player this is getting too intense for me and he put himself into those scenes you know what i mean it was scenes where i was reacting case in point it was the third session where uh coyote and um uh, richard were going into cedar creek you and they were going in that house to get to bring back a body and to go feed and coyote was like in that house sneaking around and he just killed the grandmother and he saw the room with the two kids he's like time out i gotta like breathe here because this is too intense for me i gotta think you know what i mean and i respected him for that you know because i think a, a good point in a game where i feel that our group even if we didn't if someone didn't play in it our group really came out with like okay we know now we know how we each other thinks was wars i think wars on fire was a game where it was like we've touched some pretty dark subjects there not for gratuitous reasons, but for like deep, you know what I mean? Character development reasons. I think we came out at the end of that story. Like we know now what we're able to do. Does that make sense? Did you feel that way? Cause I know that you touched on some themes of, and, and darker horrific themes and wars yourself when you were playing in it. Oh, as Mitch or when I was dealing with the priest. Yeah. I mean, that's one example, you know, like we could say the priest scene with Mitch, no spoilers, but for those of you who listen to wars on fire, you know that, or I could even like say to the extent of the boat scene, you know what I mean? The boat scene where you were like knew that you were going to ruin someone's life. You know what I mean? And and you're doing that for your own selfish reasons. And those are even sent. Here's a, here's a th another misconception about World of Darkness games is that not all sensitive and mature themes are are violent. You know what I mean? Are gratuitous and violent, right? It's it's scenes that can tap into something. And I'm going to give a personal example of that later. But it says it's scenes that tap into something that is very real that someone could have experienced in real life. You know, and that boat scene, I really feel I don't care. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me. Was horrific in its own way. Is the fact that you had this old man who was wanted knew something was off with you and your companions, and was trying to in his own way like ask whatever you were to leave, let them be. And, and you purposely went against that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And he said, take me, do to me, whatever you need to do. Don't do to them. And, and you went the opposite way. There's actually a scene where you told everyone he's mine, do what you will with the, the kid, the, 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 the father and son, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I felt that was horrific in its own way too. I feel like it goes back to like the whole thing on comfort is that it's not so much that you need to be comfortable with everything happening in the game. You need to be comfortable with the people you're playing with that know to know that whenever you do have something that is going to, that is in the game getting too, too real, too, too much for you, that you can bring it up and like be able to take that step back. You know, um, so that, that's that's what I what I meant by by the whole, you know, hey, make sure you're comfortable thing. Not necessarily that you have to be comfortable with every single thing in the game. Yes, you can use it in a way to explore things that are pretty horrible. And 
that can be even therapeutic in a way. But, uh, you know, you need to be able to be comfortable with the people that you're playing with. Yeah. And first of all, to you and other gang members listening, like I am 100% comfortable with you all. You know, I uh, tell people who run a game for the new time. We've had other storytellers in the group. And one common thing you hear from new storytellers, like I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. And the first thing I say is trust in us as players. We will, we don't want to, we don't want, we are comfortable with each other. And I don't want to use the term family. You know what I mean? That sounds a little too like real cultish, bold guru. Uh, but it's, it's the truth. Like we are comfortable with each other. We know how far we're willing to go and we have faith in each other. And I feel that way with you guys. hundred percent. I feel like that. I will never be set up for failure by you guys. And <clears throat> to kind of tie into dealing with real life subjects, uh, for those of you who don't know, some people who listen to our shit may have caught this one was going on um that we were doing like a top 10 scene thing and we may do that I, I actually want to do it in a few years from now when we have a little bit more of a larger library to kind of go off of um and where we kind of like people nominated some scenes from the different games they liked and they put like them in order and <clears throat> at the time the what became the number one scene caught me off guard 100 caught me off guard because that scene was a scene that was really tied to like real people and, and, and real issues I had been dealing with in my life. And so for, for those of you who don't know, a little peek behind the curtain is that a lot of characters in my games are based off of real people that I've known or heavily inspired by real people that I know. None, none of the Roman Dunsterns or fucking Max Cleveland's or any shit like that. But like the NPCs, I really try to like base them off of real people that I know because it's easier. I mean, for you me. say that, but you probably have like <laughs> in your family right now. <laughs> He's the guy who got me hooked on uh cold brew, man, <laughs> you know, but, um, I find it really a lot easier to articulate NPCs if they're based off people I know because I, I know their mannerisms and it's easier off the top of my head to come up with that. Maybe it's cheating. I don't fucking know. But I also sometimes... Oh, it's no. A, that's, yeah. that, that's a great tool you can do as a storyteller is whenever you have... When you have a thing that like like you have like this block and maybe something's difficult for you to really portray and you're having like you want this character to be a certain way, like use people that you know as inspiration. I mean, don't obviously like don't don't portray a person in a way that's going to be harmful to them. You know, so what basically I mean? just like, don't just like don't just have the jerk who lives next door. You'll be like the guy who gets eaten by the werewolf first thing. <laughs> I mean, you the- could if you want to be really petty. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you can use people you know. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great tool. Just side note there, yeah, yeah. highlight that. That's a good good thing you do. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I've learned how to take compliments now too because of you, Andrew. So thank you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, uh, so there are some then some critical characters in games that are based off of real people that I know. One is in the Ultimate Evil, Brian Eagle. The 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 uh, he was based off a really close friend of mine who's no longer with us. And another was Brian Moore in twin cities by night and brian moore is actually kind of based off of two people that i know uh brian moore is based two people i look uh look slash looked up to in real life uh one was a brother of mine in the military who got out and went to berkeley and got a degree in journalism and um has done wonderful things in his life the other was a friend of mine of the same name who who took his own life and um i found like when i was doing uh the homecoming storyline that uh it wasn't planned i I didn't plan to like uh 
<clears throat> spoilers. I didn't have, I didn't plan to have like Brian Moore take his life originally in that story. Originally in that story, I tried to, I thought I was going to give homage to a close friend of mine and also give respect to someone that I really uh, wanted to emulate in my life and help me get my life back on track Two two people. And I kind of made him into one character. And I really thought I was going to take this character and just kind of like make him a really important NPC because he was a journalist and like, you know, journalist in World of Darkness and oh, you know, like, and you saw Alex do that with Ophelia. And I really found that uh, throughout the Homecoming story arc that um, I was able to uh, explore um, some themes that people with PTSD who come back from from overseas deal with and having a hard time getting relationships and having a hard time, like, you know, adapting to the world. And then, you know, I took like a I, I, I took a route with him. I didn't figure I was going to take with the whole story arc of Homecoming with that 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 uh, spoiler but who was fucking with the characters during that time and those close to them and when that scene happened I, I planned that scene like the week before we were playing and i didn't i don't know i don't know what was going on through my head but i wanted to be real impactful and i felt like even after it was done it was a fucked up way of me giving like you know what i mean um, bringing light to a tragedy that happened you know and it has happened to more than one of my friends from that that side of my life and so when this list came out of people voting and that scene was like the, the 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 number one scene at the time it really fucked with me dude it really was a gut punch man and you know uh for craig who's listening and i apologize i should have said this when this was going on and to everyone who was like where's this list where are the videos or the podcast versions that were supposed to come out of this i just i couldn't fucking do it you know uh i tried to like fuck with one of the ultimate evil ones and i just was like sitting here thinking like knowing that i was gonna have to go into d- to detail about a, a, a friend of mine who's gone and um excuse me sorry but it was really hard to deal with but in this game the positive note was i felt like i used a tragedy uh of a close friend of mine and i was able to bring light to something you know and that was something i really wanted to try to do in rest of that homecoming story arc and i feel like i could have done it more when you know the his mental health history came up you know in the story and everything like that or I could have probably done differently with how he talked to Ophelia and brought that brought that to the forefront. But um, it was therapeutic in a way, you know what I mean? And recently, I yesterday, matter of fact, I just re-listened to that episode and kind of like, I know I'm not supposed to be re-editing, but I just changed some uh, equal, equal whatever, changed some audio settings on there. And um, and I'm happy with it, you know? Like For I listen. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy with it. And I listened to it and I, uh, I'm happy that I was able to honor his memory like that in, in a fucked up way. And I think that there are people who have listened to our stuff, all the different games, all the different stories who respect that. And it has, it has been said to us, you know, by some people, especially, um, especially, uh, women have said a couple things too, that just kind of blew me away because one of the, and it's just to kind of direct the conversation to something different. One of the hardest things as a storyteller um, that I I had to deal with was the subject of um, sexual assault. You know what I mean? Sexual subjects, like you said, Quinn, right. Are really, are really kind of a hard thing to tackle. Right. You know what I mean? You don't want to be gratuitous. You don't want to be insulting to survivors of of victims like that and everything like that. But I feel that the way that we handle stuff in our games is we bring light to it and we don't, celebrate the pain we don't celebrate the fucked up shit we bring attention to it that this does happen in the world right what are your thoughts on that yeah i definitely agree that yeah this this is with such a sensitive topic you have to make sure it's tricky but to sort of like 
you know talk about it without being you know gratuitous about it. And I feel that you definitely had like what you did definitely did a really good job of just you know showing that it's something that's bad thing that happens to some people, but that you know it's something that can be dealt with, even if it doesn't always go successfully in some Border Darkness games. But it is something that you know something that people can deal with, something that is you know can you know can be tackled. And it's not just this dread thing that can, that can't be can't be solved at all. Yeah, you know, matter of fact, one of our stories, Chains and Lost Vanity, I feel is like just the perfect summarization of like dealing with like fucked up issues. You know what I mean? And Andrew could attest to this, but that game I think has been handled masterfully, masterfully by uh, Adam by dealing because that game just deals with like trauma, deals with PTSD, deals with like just way that people handle mental trauma like that. And uh, I think that's one thing that can be tackled too, because I think one of the powerful scenes in that story that happened at that time was, um, and it was recently one of the recent sessions was where uh, the the NBC Manny and Slavic's or Slavic's character went to uh, what, how would you describe the Andrew? It was like a squat house, right? Like where they went to go find that Melissa girl, the heroin addict. I think that's what those are called. Like squat houses or something like that, where they saw these people shooting up and everything like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah, and I just felt like the way that he described those people and them walking through there and seeing these people who were homeless, who were just like drug addicts and dealing with that. I felt that was like a total like, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt that was a gut punch when when he was doing that scene. Well, I mean, it is the world of darkness. And sometimes you have to uh, just show that kind of um, that that part of society in in a way that shows that it's like, you know, it's it's more pronounced and and. You, you can do that in a game to to highlight these issues and you can use different types of uh, imagery and scenes to really show those terrible things that actually happen and to kind of like be able to role play through a way of, of dealing with that. And Yeah, that's a good point. And, and Mitch, I, I agree that these these the tra- traumatic, mature themes should be used like here, here's the thing. And Mitch, maybe you can help me with this because for those you don't know, Mitch has a vastly more experience with World of Darkness than, than I have. One thing that I think is a really bad trap that people fall into is when they feel they need to use themes like that for shock rather than for story. And I'm sure you've you've seen both sides of that coin in your history, Mitch. I've seen them and I in my younger years, I was guilty of doing it myself. So I think one of the key things that you really need to focus on is relevancy to the story. If there's a shocking moment that is actually pivotal or otherwise useful for the story, you should include it. Same thing with certain very uncomfortable themes, elements, situations, so on and so forth. But if you're just doing it for the effect, it kind of cheapens the experience, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, one thing I'm looking forward to is your demon game. And for those of you who haven't listened to the character creation sessions, go listen to them. They're short, sweet. They get to the point. One thing I was really surprised by your by your character creation sessions for your Demon game was that, first, I don't have any history with Demon the Fallen. I own the book. It's actually a pretty musky-ass smelling book. I bought it used on eBay. I wish I had another one because every time I read it, I feel my allergies start acting up. Right in the basement. Dude, it's so bad, man. <laughs> but okay. Um, it's an expensive book, by the way. Um I was expecting in my head, due to preconceived notions of demon, to have like these character creation sessions be like Slayer and air guitars and fucking like demons and all that shit, right? And I was really blown away, dude, 
by like how grounded and fucking like real these characters are, dude. Oh come on, Chris. You have have you been paying attention at all through all these like years of us playing now? Come on. <laughs> we don't, I, we don't we, make why would you skill. expect anything else? Uh Cold you make a, <laughs> hack and slash game we make deep complex characters and make it a whole character driven story. You, <laughs> you cannot escape the deep characters no matter what you do. You can't. Yeah. We're everywhere. I, I, I mean I mean, even Jeb got his deepness, you know? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> like, okay, a point point taken. But cold brew makes you forget shit. That's all. Blame machetes. <laughs> yeah, right. Mop gun. Mop gun. Okay, <laughs> back on track. Back on track. The main thing, though, first of all, I'll listen to all of our shit, and that's a good thing because I'm not involved in like, which is an awesome feeling now. But I, I'm going to listen to everything that our channel creates. But the main thing that I'm, I'm honestly, and no, no offense to you, Mitch, and I'm, I'm totally looking forward to listening to your story. Main thing I'm listening listening for at this moment is to find out more about these fucking characters, dude. You know what I mean? Because like the back history they came up with was so fucking compelling. I mean, just like all of them, like like Slavic's like mother, single mother, fucking Tillman's like fucking um uh like <laughs> what what do they call that essential oils person? You know what I mean? And fucking like <laughs> Adam's art student, and then fucking Becca's autistic like fucking you know what I mean? Person, in all the pain, like all the the. I hate to say like pain because you know life's pain, but you know like all like the real world issues that these people had, and then having to like that pulled me in, dude. I, I shit you not, man. I was listening. I'm like, I really want to listen to this motherfucker now. Not that I didn't before, but like, and knowing like seeing you in action as a player in these different games of ours and handling that, that I'm really, I'm really excited about. Uh, as a storyteller, do you prefer to use? like mature topics themes like that as a tool to progress your story or is it something that you kind of use in special occasions or what what's your opinion as a storyteller with that well i'll use them to progress the story um especially for character development but i'm not going to use them if there's not going to be any sort of value added to the story itself yeah that, that's like where man that's like where it's hard right you know what i mean you just don't have and there's, the sad thing is, like you said, there's younger people who probably think you need shit like that. You know, there's one instance in one of our stories where I it was early on where I felt like I could have done the scene differently. And that was in, the introduction of Roman Dunstern. Now, part of me says the introduction of Roman Dunstern was pretty impactful and it kind of showed how fucked up this character was. In retrospect, though, like listening to that, that just came out of the blue. You know what I mean? There was no like I felt like I could have like taking my time a little bit you know what i mean with that you know don't don't second guess yourself too much there's yeah. always alternatives and i mean you really got the point across with him yeah i feel so. like i did i feel like i did and I, I i feel since then i've like shifted to first gear you know what i mean i was in fourth gear yeah. i've kind of shifted down a little bit and i handle them a little bit more discreetly but it's something though i think though that out of respect for every, anyone involved in these games you have to though look from different perspectives so i guess my opinion and one word of advice I would give as a storyteller and don't take me as the Holy grail, but is if you're thinking about doing a scene like that, look at it from all angles, right? Like put that motherfucker down on the table in front of you, walk around your table, change your levels, look at it, think about it, look at it again, think about it and then introduce it. And I would say one thing to avoid is don't treat it like a D and D random encounter. You know what I mean? Like don't throw something out there just because there's a lull in the story. Yeah, one it, thing about World of Darkness games, absolutely, there shouldn't be random encounters. Exactly, exactly. Except for if it's a Brian, because Brian's are fucking. Yeah, yeah, you can throw yeah, in. You can throw Brian. Brian's in, and they're safe. Yeah, yeah, they're the red shirts of the World of Darkness. You know what I mean? Like, 
you're in a dark alley. Suddenly, a group of Brian's appears. <laughs> and they all got katanas. <laughs> and sunglasses at night. Sunglasses at night are a must. So I think overall, we've had a pretty good discussion here about this subject. One thing, though, that I t- gives me pride, and I guess pride's a bad word to use, but I'm going to fucking use it anyways, gives me pride. And I have actually come to accept because for anyone who is part of the Twin Seas by Night Gang can attest is that for the longest time, it was hard for me to accept compliments when people complimented or for shit. It made me feel awkward and I, whatever. It still kind of does a little bit, but now I know how to smile and be like, thank you. You know what I mean? And uh, say I'm appreciative of it. But one thing that I do like to hear is when people see what we're trying to do now and they 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 like it. You know what I mean? Because for the longest time between us as peers – we knew what we were doing. Like we wanted to tell, you know what I mean? Character driven, mature stories, but we weren't sure if it was coming across that way. Right. Cause it could almost be like, you're thinking people listening to like, Oh, who are these fucking uh, farts smelling? They're smelling their own farts and thinking they're all, you know what I mean? Whatever. But now people are coming out and saying that they, they saying that's what they enjoy about our stuff. You know what I mean? That they're enjoying that. They know that they're going to get that kind of story from us. You know, there's a, there's a person in our discord, a listener can't remember the screen name. You're going to listen to this and you're going to call me out for it. And I deserve to be called out for not remembering your screen name. And I apologize, but someone said this to this extent, they said when they meet someone who's just getting into vampire, the masquerade, the, the first story that they'll tell them to listen to is Los Angeles by night. And it's great. I understand it's a good introduction. So geek and sundry high production, great players, all that stuff. But then they said, but if they know that they're talking to someone who's either familiar with Vampire the Masquerade already and who likes horror or someone who's new and wants a more serious horror-based story, they'll recommend Twin Seas by Night. And that really like made me feel like a fucking million bucks right there. And Andrew came out and said something better. And I couldn't remember the quote. And I was talking to Andrew about this. But Andrew said that there may be people that don't enjoy our stuff for that very reason. And we are 100% cool with that. But we are super grateful that people are seeing what we're trying to accomplish on our channel with that. And we want to thank all you who do enjoy our stuff for that. And if for some reason, and this is an open invitation to any of you who are listening, if you feel like we didn't handle a subject in the respectable manner that deserves please point that out to us. None of us will ever argue back with you. None of us will ever call names. None of us will ever get angry if someone doesn't enjoy our stuff or if someone has issue with it. But sometimes you do not learn unless someone points out to you that there's a mistake that was made. So we welcome that and we welcome any debate on that or, or any talk on that. Before we go to our next break, do any of you three magical people have anything awesome to say? Just one thing that I wanted to touch on. Uh, like when you went back to the Duncern introduction, sometimes having particularly horrifying things sort of just off the edge of the screen, so to speak, can actually enhance the horror and make it a little more impactful. So when you're looking at things from different angles, maybe consider what it would be like if it was just out of view, maybe in the periphery, leaving people sort of guessing as to exactly what was going on and leaving the imagination to do the rest. Yeah, definitely. I actually feel that scene, uh, and I don't know if Katow could or Katow Quinn can attest to this, but I felt that that was like kind of like a scene for Katow to like, or Quinn look at Katow as a character and how he's reacting to everything because there's some shit that happened to Katow right after that that kind of yep. just like progresses character along. But I felt that was like a a moment, a pivotal moment for the character of Katow in Twin Cities by Night. And God, how long ago was that? Holy shit, bro! We've been gaming for a while together. Uh, Quinn, Andrew, do you got anything to say before we go to our next break? No, you you guys have said everything that needs to be said. Dang it. Stop being so good at talking. 
I'm waiting for Andrew to be like, a dizzle rizzle says drink some cold brizzle. No. I was just about to compliment your eloquence, and you totally took that away. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, dude. <laughs> On that note, stick with us while I slam some cold brew, and we come back and we talk about stuff that is coming up and other stuff that's interesting. You want to stay tuned for this, so stay tuned. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. Help. They're coming. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, first thing I want to do uh, is give a shout out to our Patreons that we have that have been kind enough to 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 help support us since the last time we've done the Brian Diaries. So for those of you who don't know, we really don't push it that much, but I just want to kind of like tell you about we have a Patreon page. You can find it in the description of the video or podcast, whichever you're listening to. What we are trying to do with our Patreon, well, there's two things, and just to be upfront about it. one is we cover our hosting fees that are for our hosting service for SoundCloud with that. And then the rest we are putting in a pool so we can eventually upgrade everyone's mic to be like something like I have right now, which is a Blue Yeti, just to kind of like give you guys a better experience with the audio quality since we're really focusing on our podcast. And if we ever get to where we are able to upgrade everyone's mics, then we were going to look at different ways that we can make things better. You know, we are always one thing that we're always trying to do as a group is try to never become, I don't, a lackadaisical or complacent with our stuff, meaning that there's always something that could be improved. And we have, and I'm actually going to, say this now we have 10 members i'll say who our new member is after i'm done here but we have 10 members now and so everyone kind of has their own strengths or weaknesses and 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 like for for example now we have three people who edit our podcast instead of just one and then now we also have uh becca who's like a, a photoshop god and she like makes our thumbnails now we're actually going back and redoing some of the older podcast thumbnails and we just have like people who are doing little things now who do their own things and we're just trying to always trying to find something to better so if we ever get to our goal of upgrading all of our microphones then we'll look into other things that we can do to make the experience better for you listeners so i would just want to thank all you guys who help us and First of all, this is not a requirement for you guys to ever give to us on our Patreon. None of our shit's going to be behind, be behind a paywall. We're always going to share it. We're going to. This is a, a labor of love. We're always going to share with you guys no matter what. But if you choose to become a Patreon, that is awesome. And thank you so much for that. So I'm going to give a shout out to our Patreons. If I butcher your names, like beat me up. You can just you can punch me in the throat. I apologize. But first is Joe P. Yeah. I wish we could play Black Sabbath over this. Wouldn't that be so rad? But Sharon Osborne would probably yank our shit down like in a fucking heartbeat, dude. Uh Maximum Boucher. Uh thank you. Dalton Jones, thank you. Uh Katie Perenbaum. I think I called her oh, I butchered her name when I gave a shout out on our Facebook group, but it sounded so metal and I just can't remember what I called it, dude, but it was pretty badass. And then we have Zarek is Mike. So thank you you guys and gals for giving to our Patreon. Again, it is much appreciated. We thank you from the bottom of our heart and uh, it is just really something swell. Another announcement is we have a new gang member, gang, gang, gang. So Twin Cities by Night is like the Wu-Tang clan of like actual plays right now. We have 10 members right now 
of 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 Twin Cities by Night. We recently added Becca. Becca is uh, she's played in a couple of the one she played in both the one shots. No, one of the one shots. And she played uh, in Demon. She, her character creation sessions posted. And now we have our new member. And if you're listening, Craig. Oh, shit. I just spoiled that. Craig is our new member. So everyone say, yay, yay, Craig. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Welcome to the gang. Craig has been listening to us since we became a podcast version has always been there with valuable insight and information knows and appreciates our stuff and now he's part of the gang he's actually going to be playing in something we're going to be talking about here right afterwards but also another cool thing and i guess i'll talk about this now is that he is talking about potentially running a call of cthulhu one shot i think it's called a cthulhu one shot uh next month at the end of next month maybe and one thing that we are trying to do Twin Cities by Night right now is not only do we want to continue to run World of Darkness games, but we also are really trying to get into one shots because we we see where we have like a, a hole in our schedule to fill. And one shots are an awesome way to explore different games or different story areas. And one thing that we're really trying to do now is talking about doing one shots or maybe campaigns of uh, different games that are horror based tabletop games, but not maybe in the World of Darkness line, which some of people Quinn being one of them has been banging that drum for the longest time. So Craig has experience running Call of Cthulhu and has a couple one shots that he wants to run of Call of Cthulhu. And I really look forward to doing that. And I think that's going to elevate our the experience not only for you listeners but for us as a podcast and kind of like get, get uh kind of introduce us to new people. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be really badass uh if that does happen and keep a keep your ears and eyes open for that. So here's our schedule coming up. So on the 7th of January, we're going to be releasing a Scion 2nd Edition one-shot that's going to be ran by the gentleman, Mr. Quinn, called A Light Extinguished. This is kind of an awesome thing. Uh, Onyx Path reached out to us. They said, hey, you know, we'd like it if you run this, and it's and we're running it, and it's going to be awesome. We are hooked up with some PDFs. I want to be clear of that. I don't, like, you know what I mean, that we were given those to be able to run the game. And we're running it. And we are actually, I'm excited because it's a one shot. And for some reason, these one shots, man, just really are exciting me when that we're doing these now. But also it's it's our first foray into like a non-world of darkness game. So Quinn, do you want to talk about a little bit about this one shot and like like what it entails? It's a little bit, yes. Preview? So basically we were given this one shot. It basically left a lot for the uh, storytellers or whatever the term is for Scion games to tell the story. And so essentially what it is, is that scions in the game line are basically the children or the chosen of gods basically and so all the all the gods that came from greek greek mythology egyptian mythology uh, norse the celtic native american all of the place they're all like coexisting in this one world and so basically so the, the one shot will entail basically the the death of one of a scion and so the whole thing is who did it? And ha- and how do they take down a scion? Someone it was a, literally a demigod. Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining. Uh, we have four players who are gonna be playing in it. I will be playing in it. Mitch, the man of many voices, will be playing in it. Craig Dizzle Rizzle, he can't he can't argue about his nickname now. Craig just has to deal with it. Craig Dizzle Rizzle, Sea Dog is playing in it, and then Slavic is playing in it too. Who's like Slavic's kind of becoming like a man of many voices, also, man. Like Uncle Yo, shout out to Uncle Yo of Uncle Yo Productions, actually was talking about complimenting me and PM about Slavic's voice in Lover in the Ice, which is really awesome. And even like Andrew's got his voice. Everyone's getting their voice chops down. But me, 
I have like the worst fucking voice. Like I have cadence, but don't expect accents from me. So I'm looking forward to that. Keep your eyes open on that. Also, if you guys, uh, we've been asked by some people how, you know, like uh, Science Second Edition, is it, it's not out yet. You can actually pre-order it. If you're looking for a link to pre-order it, you can hit me up or you can look on our Twitter where I posted uh, a preview of it and you can see where there's a link for the pre-order there. So that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. The king of one shots, Quinn is coming back. I'm fucking pumped, dude. Pumped up. I, we need like, you got to have a nickname, bro. Think about it. We'll work on it, Quinn. All right. Yeah, we'll, get you, <laughs> we'll get you a nickname. Uh, next on the 14th, Twin Cities by Night Dread is coming back. Super stoked. Taking a couple months off from like fucking playing or podcasting. I really got my creative juices flowing. I, matter of factly, just re-listened to uh, the last, I think, four chapters of Dread. Uh, the Scourge books, uh, one of our listeners shot out, uh, has just listened to Dread. He actually listened to Dread first before the first two story arcs. So he got me listening to it again. I am so excited. We, li- we leapt off at what was the term, Andrew, you used in the game that we didn't have in the podcast, but literally it was like after the cliffhanger or whatever the term was. Dude. <laughs> like uh, We left off at an interesting point, and so I'm really excited to tackle that. That story is getting legs. The wheels are about to come off the car. I'm thinking Katal maybe got a little in over his head. Who knows? But it's definitely a lot of moving pieces right now in one part of the city, and that's a really intense scene. Uh, that whole last session was really intense because um, Lenny and Valentine are fucking in the middle of it. Valentine's barely holding on. Valentine has a new fucking flaw now, by the way, that new derangement of like stressful panic or whatever, which is going to be interesting. So really looking forward to that. I really am loving that story. And these three gentlemen here with me are playing in it. So and they're part of the reason why the story has really been awesome. So shout out to you guys. January 21st is Changeling Lost Vanity. I can't say enough about Changeling Lost Vanity. Every time uh, Adam's like the story. Sorry, guys, it's going too long. Don't be sorry, motherfucker. Keep running it, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I like it. It says, I feel that that story is just, and I'm not trying to be, hey, I'm not trying to be over dramatic. I am sincerely impressed by the way that Adam told that story and is telling that story. I feel there are things in that story that blow me away as a storyteller, man. Like, like, like just blow my skills out the water. Uh, if you're listening to this, Adam, I cannot stress enough plan another game to fucking run plan that werewolf the forsaken game that's based off of young, oh, that's inspired by young guns that takes place takes place in the wild west at a new mexico rancher please run that game because i think i want to play it. i think andrew wants to play it. anyone who loves young guns too in our group wants to play that game please run that game if you're hearing this and then finally on the 28th the hunters hunted to corruption the fucking crew with the mop gun is coming back uh, I am so excited to get into that game again. I feel that like everyone has stepped up with their characters in this game. I feel Andrew was the Andrew did what I thought was impossible. Andrew took a canon character from Vampire the Masquerade and made it not corny and put it in a game and made it entertaining. Like to where I was like, wait, what? And I was like blown away. So kudos to you, Andrew. You took a canon character from Vampire the Masquerade revised and made him not corny. And I want to give you kudos for that. So I wish there was an award I could give you right now for that. I find that game to be, I find that game to be fun. And here, here's the thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw some heat at Josh Heath here a little bit. Josh Heath is like a, kind of like an honorary gang member to Twin Cities by Night. And Josh Heath still hasn't listened to Twin Cities by Night. He listened to like the first two episodes of Negligence and like one episode of Dread. But he has listened to the one shots and he has listened to the Hunters Hunted 2. And he loves the Hunters Hunted 2. 
So I'm jealous, Andrew. I'm a little <laughs> jealous right now. All right. So I'm going to throw some heat at you. But no, for real, that is a fucking fun story. I love the chemistry that we have as players, man. It is fucking great. And it's like, I love I love Mitch's character, Mop Gun. I love fucking Adam's character, fucking Espinoza. I love fucking <laughs> Tillman's I've character. Done a lot dude. Of, uh, I've done a lot of thinking about uh, how we're going to handle this gap we've had and everything. Yeah. So I've got some got some plans in mind. I had uh, I had a whole thing planned out before that was totally different from what I'm going with now. Are you so. saying? Are you saying? Uh, is this you like being that disappointed parent, being like? I hope you enjoyed your vacation, Chris. I really do. <laughs> like, like, it was like, it's just like, I could tell, like, yeah, like, maybe oh, a little bit. Improving the way when people do things you don't expect, yeah. you get better stuff out of it. Yeah. Well, see, I had a lot. No, they see that. I, I had, what I'm saying is I had a thing, but I thought of a better thing. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and seriously, for those of you who are listening, uh, this is what we have on the schedule now, but who knows what's coming up? Like we are like seriously brainstorming all the time. Some of my ideas get shot down right away, dude. but like, it's constantly like, I'm really excited for the future of twin cities by night. Matter of fact, I think this is going to be our last episode of two of, of the Brian diaries before, uh, this is our last episode of anything for 2018. And 2018 has been a fucking awesome year, I think, for the channel. I think in 2018, we reinvented ourselves as a fucking podcast, dude. We, uh, you know what I mean? Our podcast download numbers are fucking great. Like, we, people are known as a podcast now, and we have people checking us out. And I just feel like 2018 was really just like a year of like where we found our groove, man. Like, Stella got a groove back. We found our groove, dude. You know what I mean? Like, we really know what we are and fucking i feel sorry for 2019 dude watch out 2019 we're kicking your fucking ass bro you know what i mean we're gonna get all hopped up off cold brew play some fucking slayer dude and we're just gonna fucking mosh pit right through you man so i'm fucking super excited for it so uh so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. If you guys wish to reach out to us and contact us, you can find us at Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM. You can find us on Facebook at twin cities by night. You can also find our discord in the description here. Stop on by. You can shoot the shit with us and really find out how big of losers we all are. Or you can, if you want to find other great white wolf content, like world of darkness content, dude, seriously, go to white wolf RPG gameplay and media. There are, tons of fucking people out there creating podcasts actual plays articles blogs whatever go give those people love seriously elevate these people go check them out go give them love so all right then i'm gonna let you guys go until then leave me alone i want to talk to my friends peace out the los angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles?
Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>